0: kelsey and i'm kim welcome to season four episode nine of the massive fans book club podcast this week we'll be covering chapters 38 through 42 in crescent city house of earth and blood by sarah j mass because we're back baby (laughs) but um like yo can we get a previously on because sure it's been a minute (laughs)
1: sure i'm gonna keep it super short if you really have questions go back and listen to episode eight please sure um i'm gonna basically say that they ended up the last episode so when we finished it off they had been at the um, gun range they were asking Declan to pull up the footage from Luna's temple the night that the horn was stored sure, sure, sure. and they wanted to check all the video footage including like the background sounds in case you could hear something and Declan sure. does this and he gets back to them and says hey I did, and somebody swapped out the video feed, because it's the video feed from Thyro, which is where the fairies live. Sure. And, um, so, yeah, they they swapped it out, and the only person that would have had that kind of clearance is the person who was, like, controlling all the shifts that night, and, oh, by the way, that was Sabine, a.k.a. Denica. Right, mom.
0: right, okay.
1: <clears throat> so, we're at that point, um, so they're trying to like sort through this and then in the middle of of going from the gun range to getting the phone call from Declan about the the footage they um had gone to a uh murder site yet again another one of those horrible murder Mm -hmm. sites Mm -hmm. and this one was in Asphodel Meadows which is where the humans live and it was the human guard that was on duty the night the horn was stolen
2: okay good good
1: so that's kind of where we are
0: yeah and like in case you're like me and you were too busy like holly jolly christmasing it up for akafas in july and you forgot "Mm, this is a lot more like law and order than it is like Faye hallmark shit so (laughs) if that is also a shock to your palate at the moment coming off of akafas it's okay me too um (laughs) but thank you kim for the uh uh roundup on what we what
2: on
1: the previously on (laughs) You're right. No problem. So, folks, you know the drill. This podcast, podcast is, is not podcast little for little ears. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and remember when we're uh, when we're when we're uh, we were doing for aquafest, and uh, we said. You know, hey, would you enter our giveaway? We'll give you a solstice present. Uh, that was like a week or two ago, right? I don't know, maybe a month. I don't know. It felt like a long time. July feels like yesterday and forever ago. So you know, that was July.
1: And guess what? I'm so excited! It is congratulations to Stevie the girl. We will reach out via Instagram to get an address so we can send you your very own solstice gift. Woo! <laughs>
0: Yeah. I'm actually
1: excited. I'm so 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 excited.
0: Yeah, it's really cute and fun and and I'm excited about it too. And now I'm excited for like real solstice because I'm like real over the summer shit, but that's uh not here nor there.
1: <laughs> oh, this summer's been gross. It's wow. been real
0: gross. It's been real gross. Okay. So part three, I'm excited. Uh, it's an easy section, but I hear next week's episode will be a doozy. I don't like, I don't know. Cause I haven't read it, but you know, anyway, this section is pretty straightforward. So like, thank God we're just going to jump right in. Okay. And it's going to get a little sexy. I've got some pink post-it notes. I mean like nothing yeah. happens, but people think some stuff. <laughs>
1: This is true. This is so very, very true.
0: (laughs) Okay, Kim, let's do it.
1: (laughs) Okay. So, part three begins with chapter 38. Chapter 38 picks up right where chapter 37 left off, which is Bryce and Hunt are in the living room of her condo talking um, after they got off the call with Declan. And they're, they're talking about all the Information the Declan had just dumped at them, which is basically that Sabine someone switched out the the footage and what the hell and it, it's interesting. So let me read what Hunt says because it's kind of it, it kind of makes sense and and sets things up. The demon has been staying out of view of the cameras in the city. Sabine would know where those cameras are, especially if she had the authority to oversee the video footage of criminal cases and then. He's like, you know, he, as he says to himself, you know, he was really upset with how Sabine had treated Bryce earlier when they ran into her on their way back to the apartment after leaving the um, murder site. And he really, like, he wanted to kill her. He actually wanted to kill Sabine. He was so pissed off at her. So, Sabine's Mm -hmm. definitely not on his list of favorite people. No, not Um, even on them. <clears throat> and as he says, you know, in his, in his internal monologue, he's like, you know, he'd seen Bryce laugh in the face of the Viper Queen, go toe-to-toe with Philip Briggs, taunt three of the most lethal Fae warriors in the city, and yet she had trembled before Sabine. Yeah. It's not cool. No. So when Bryce doesn't reply, he says again, it makes sense that Sabine could be behind this. And they're sitting right next to each other on the sofa. Uh this is important because it it it, it's leading somewhere (laughs) anyway Bryce finally speaks up and she's like look Sabine wouldn't kill her own daughter and you know it's like Hunt goes really you sure about that (laughs) yeah he's like uh (laughs) uh-huh and she's like no and she's really, she's really upset and really kind of defeated. And Hunt's like, look, everyone knows that the Prime was considering skipping over Sabine to tap Danica to be his heir. That seems like a good fucking motive to me. And then he picks up his phone. and He's like, wait, wait, I, I want more information. Picks up his yeah, phone. He's
0: like, I'm on a, I'm, I'm I'm on on a brainwave. wave. <laughs>
1: And he calls Isaiah. Isaiah answers. And he's like, how easily can you access your notes from the observation room the night Danica died? Specifically, did you write down what Sabine said to us? And Isaiah was like, please don't tell me you think Sabine killed her. (laughs) Please
0: right he's like please don't let this be the can of worms we're opening today like you know this is a man okay like side note i was watching midsummer murders earlier today and like it just there was a part that cracked me up because like the main guy had like gone out like away from town to like do a thing on a case Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. his like you know second went out to lunch and he literally just said like yeah like the boss is away so like i can get away from my desk to have lunch for one day and literally like the minute he sits down he gets a call And he's like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? And I feel like that was Isaiah. I feel like he's like, my dude, like, I just got home. I just microwaved my lasagna. Like, I just poured a glass of wine. Please don't fucking tell me you're suspecting Sabine. You want me to look up my notes. Oh, shit. You aren't telling me
1: that. (laughs) Yeah. And Hunt's just like, look, can you get me the notes? And poor Isaiah's like, okay, you want me to recite this whole thing. And Hunt's like, just what she said about Danica. Did you catch it? And he knew that Isaiah had, because Isaiah takes like crazy notes for everything. Right. So Isaiah says, Sabine said, Danica couldn't stay out of trouble. Bryce stiffens. Hunt lays his free hand on her knee, squeezing once. She could never keep her mouth shut and know when to be quiet around her enemies. And look what became of her. That stupid little bitch in there, still breathing, and Danica is not. Danica should have known better. Hunt, you then asked her what Danica should have known better about, and Sabine said, All of it, starting with that slut of a roommate. (laughs) Oh shit, that's rough, man. Sabine's a total bitch.
0: It is. And and I also have a note here that just, this is what I find. So, okay, so like I Love Me, a good cop drama. I just admitted that like I was just watching Midsummer Murders this morning, right? Like that is my breakfast show, okay? Like mm-hmm. I am an old woman. It's fine. I like my cop dramas. But it is occurring to me now why I don't read more cop dramas. And it's because of exactly like this, like these two pages. Cop dramas bug me. Because if you're not seeing the delivery, you're just taking everything as it comes to you. And there's not a whole lot of hope for you to be able to guess people's intent. Like when you watch a murder show, you watch specifically how a character says something when they're interrogated or ooh. looks at the cop or looks at the victim or whatever and you can pick up like "Ooh, you know good news bad news like good news bear bad news bears," right but when ooh. you're reading you don't really get that you're just like oh like we knew Sabine sucked but we ha- we couldn't have possibly guessed that Sabine said anything like this because why would we if you exactly. were watching it, you would have seen a quick scene where you saw her like get like giving an interview and you would have gotten one snippet of this. You would have gotten muffle, 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 starting with that slut of a roommate. You know what I mean? And you would have been yeah, like, yeah. I don't know what she said, but it was bad. <laughs> like you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> versus like, do we even know she got questioned until like this minute? Not really. Like, you know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. reading
1: we did because it's actually in the first section
0: yeah but we don't know what came of it you know what i mean right. we don't no, know like for all we know she immediately went i want my lawyer and nothing <laughs> happened. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just reading cop dramas is weird like to me versus like watching them yeah no i agree Which I just say because it's not a conversation I ever thought I would have in the middle of talking about a fantasy book. Do you see what I'm
2: saying? I do. I totally do.
0: So I'm kind of back on my train of not saying I don't like it, just not sure I understand the
2: thought process.
1: I'm with you. I am so with you. So Isaiah gets off the phone and before he hangs up he just says be careful. And of course, Bryce is is trying to put um, a little bit more of a positive spin on this. And she's like, what Sabine said could be construed a lot of ways. But. So here's here's Hunt's answer to that. Well, it sounds like Sabine wanted Danica to keep quiet about something. Maybe Danica threatened to talk about the horn's theft and Sabine killed her for it. And Bryce is like, so why wait two years? And I suppose that's what we'll find out from her. And then Brace is going, but why would Sabine want a broken artifact? Even if she knows how to repair it, what is she going to do with it? She can't use it. You know what I mean? This is Brace's thought, because she's like, we know that the only person who who right now that we know of that can use it is Rune. So, the fuck? And you know, then Hunt is like, I don't know. And I don't know if someone else has it and she wants it. And then Bryce is like, look, if Danica saw Sabine steal it, it makes sense that Danica never said anything. Same with the guard and the acolyte. They were probably too scared to come forward. And the follow up to that is, well, then it would also explain why Sabine swapped the footage and why it freaked her out when we showed up at the temple, causing her to kill anyone who might have been seen, who might have seen anything that night. The bomb at the club was probably a way to either intimidate us or kill us while making it look like humans were behind it. And Bryce is like, but I don't think she has it. And in the middle of this, Hunt gets distracted.
2: <laughs> mm, yeah,
1: by, yeah, by Bryce.
0: Okay.
2: He goes I wish
0: a... the sentence ended there, Kim. I wish the sentence was <laughs> uh, gets distracted by Bryce. I even wish the sentence was Bryce got up and walked away so he got distracted by her ass. I wish that's how this went, Kim.
1: No. Do you want to say why?
0: Oh, because I guess he's a foot guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, no. He <laughs> likes legs, apparently.
0: Apparently, apparently. Uh apparently he's now very distracted by her very pretty, pretty uh red toenail polish, which congratulations. Also, I was really upset because I was reading this and I am currently wearing red toenail polish. And I was like <laughs> 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 I was like, yeah. I was like <laughs> Not to like yuck somebody else's yum, I suppose, but like I just feel like probably 99% of our audience is female and I don't think I've ever met a woman who was like you know what I love (laughs) feet so like by nature it just feels like a weird dude thing that like women will just mostly never understand (laughs) I I don't know so I don't know I just thought it was like really a like weird weird choice (laughs) you know what I mean
1: my thing fetishes are are just like they're fetishes and conversation for another day I'm going to put a pin in that one um, but in, it'll probably be an offline conversation sorry listeners but um, there are some things nobody needs to know about outside of a certain <laughs> circle of my friends um, but I, I will leave it to say that long long time ago in a, another lifetime of mine um i had gone to a party that ended up being a fetish party and you were like
0: oh i brought guacamole
1: (laughs) pretty much like i didn't realize that's what it was gonna be okay
0: my bad me and my seven layer dip will be over here
1: (laughs) so of all of all the people that were out there this is awesome so uh, my favorite fetish that I, I was exposed to that evening, and I saw several, most of which I was just like, uh, no, no thanks. Sam. No, really, I'm good. Thanks. I'll pass. Yeah. This, this one guy who was very cute, very charming, comes and he, he would get all the girls. And he would come and he would take you away from whoever you were with. And you'd go into the bathroom and he'd close the door. And he would wash your hands because he's like, Look, I don't really have a fetish, but I like clean hands. So I'm going to use that as my fetish tonight and I'm going to wash your hands for you.
0: (laughs) I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Okay. That's what I could get behind. Like I said, not to yuck anybody else's yum, but that one, if I got to pick something, that's my new yum hand washing.
1: (laughs) So it was like we all got clean hands and a hand massage. I mean, I'm not going to lie, it was kind of (laughs) nice. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you're like slather some lotion on these <laughs>
1: like, he had candy he was giving all the girls candy so when we left you know we're all like sucking I candy we're all smiling because nobody wanted to give it up because it was like it was the best gig in the house exactly. we
0: were like exactly
1: dude that was is funny. a genius so anyway I've seen some weird fetishes in my life, and again, the rest of it is all offline conversation that any of my friends you want to have it, if you don't remember these conversations from previous parts of my life, we can have them again, but um, that's all I'm going to put out there for yeah. the public to know.
0: But all again, of that to say, I don't know, uh, like, this, that's fine, like, whatever, Hunt can like what he likes, it just seems like a strikingly strange SJM choice to be like, I've been giving you very little information that the two of these people actually, like, find each other attractive. Like, I have been sprinkling, like, we are 400 pages in, basically, and I've been just mm-hmm. barely sprinkling some, like, cuteness in here, right? Like, just mm-hmm. a barely, right? And then all of a sudden, she was like, part three, he likes her feet. Like <laughs> It just felt like a really strange choice but like whatever it's fine like strong and strange it's fine
1: no I totally agree so it was just it was weird but um and
0: honestly I would have written it off as a weird weird thing like I can't even come up with a better way to say it I would have just written it off as a weird moment that didn't get edited out if we didn't keep getting his thoughts for the next, like, three pages that, I mean, like, luckily he doesn't stay on her feet the whole time, but, like, if we didn't just, like, get his inner monologue for the next, like, three pages where he's just like, (sighs) she's hot, though!
2: I know. (laughs) It's It's really
0: weird, because, like, they've been sharing space for the last, like, at least since, like, part two. So I don't know why all of a sudden today she's wearing the pheromone perfume and he's like, (laughs) Something. Something. Yeah, weird, strange, weird delivery, but yeah.
1: (laughs) It was very bizarre. So anyway. Back to the discussion at hand, Bryce is like, I don't see why Sabine would have the horn and still summon the Costalos, which, fair, because we know the Costalos was built to hunt for it. And Hunt is now forcing himself to pay attention to the conversation and not to his fetish fantasy. Um, and he's like, don't forget that Sabine hates Micah's guts. Beyond silencing the victims, the killings now could be also to undermine him. You saw how tied up he is about getting this solved before the summit. Murders like these caused by an unknown demon when Sandriel is here, it'll make a mockery of him. Maximus Tertian was a high, was high profile enough to create a political headache for Micah. Tertian's death might just have been to fuck with Micah Standing. For fuck's sake, she and Sandriel might even be in on it together, hoping to weaken him in the Asteri's eyes, so they could appoint Sandriel to Valbara Val-bera instead. She could easily make Sabine the prime of all Valbara and shifters, not just wolves. Sure. Holy shit, that's a lot to just jump to. But okay. Yeah.
0: Um. I read that sort of like I feel about like the 30 minute mark of all law and order episodes where they're like, we have to make sure that in case you are just tuning in now because you thought that the show started at 430, but it started at four. I'm just going to lay out a bunch of stuff that like could be it. It won't be it. But that way, if you are just joining us now, you feel like you're a part of the conversation. (laughs) It felt like that where it was like, hmm. Okay, I'm going to go with probably not, because that makes too much sense.
1: Yeah. Bryce is like, look, Sabine isn't that type. She may be power hungry, but she's not to that level. And you heard her bitching about the the sword. She's like, we shouldn't waste our breath guessing her motives. It could be anything however hunt is still not letting it go and he's like look we have we have a damn good reason to be thinking that she killed danica but nothing solid enough to explain the new new murders catching her with the demon would prove her involvement and so then she then bryce is like so do you think victoria could find the video footage so hunt is like yeah i'll reach out to her we'll we'll talk to talk to her (laughs) and in the end she's like i you know what i i I need to run so I can take a nap. So I can go to sleep tonight. I I'm, I need to run this off. Take a nap. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oof, you all can tell I'm tired because I want a nap. Anyway. She goes to I her think, room. to changes.
0: What a choice. Like, mm, there's like some deadly peeps on the loose who probably want me dead. There's like some deadly creatures on the loose that probably want me dead. Mm, I'm going to go take a run in the dark. Like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. No one. Yeah. Anyway, when she comes out, Hunt is already standing there in athletic gear waiting for her to go running with her. And she's like, I want to run alone. And he's like, oh, well, too bad. So sad. Right. And we get an invisible snowflake. And then Bryce is running and we're starting to realize, you know, she is literally trying to run all of her feelings out. Um, she's, She's not able to wrap her mind around what they're talking about with everything. And her leg starts to hurt. And... You know she's literally running all over the friggin' city, and she keeps running and she doesn't want to stop. And it we get another invisible snowflake. She and needs then, an
0: elliptical. What? I'm sorry, she needs an elliptical. She then does. she wouldn't leave her fucking house in the middle of the night, and it would take some of the pressure off her legs. So she needs an elliptical.
1: I agree. So what do I know? What do you know? Right?
0: Yeah. Right. Who am I? Just somebody with knee injuries, <laughs> who also prefers the elliptical.
1: <laughs> Ankle injuries here. I'm with you. Got 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 that with you. I'm totally there. So um, we get we get an invisible snowflake because they're running, and they get back to the apartment, and Bryce is like, you know, she knows that Hunt was trying to keep up with her. And, you know, he's totally fine. Now, she is just hurting. She's limping. Yeah. She's, she's just not feeling too hot right now. Sure. And he's like, are you all right? And she's like, I'm fine. I need to run it out. And he starts to go after her leg. And he's like, does that happen often? And she's lying when she says no. And Hunt's just looking at her like, bullshit. Right? She's like, look, sometimes I'll ice it. It'll be fine in the morning. Don't worry about it. And Hunt is like, wait, did you ever get that checked out? And she's like, Yep. Thanks for coming. And she goes off to take an ant- to take a shower. And and Hunt is like, Yeah. And it's like, he knows she's totally lying. But
2: sure.
1: he's not gonna call her out on it yet. And that's the end of the chapter. So that's the end of 38. And thirty-nine 39- is actually from Rune's point of view.
2: 39 is such
0: a mindfuck if you skim by accident, which is what happened to me. Because the first like five paragraphs, I'm like, so did she choose now to go to the doctor? <laughs> and then I'm like, I missed something. And <laughs> I had to go back to the top of the page. I was like, oh, no Rune is there. Yeah. not Bryce. okay <laughs> like for like five paragraphs i was like so it finally heard enough that she was like maybe i should do something about this like what
1: <laughs> yeah no
2: <laughs> no
1: so, this is
0: not about bryce making good choices
1: <laughs> this is not about bryce making good choices this is about her brother trying to get some information and flirting about the, with a <laughs> cute med witch um Anyway, despite the entering he he talks about the whole thing with the medwitch and and where where it is and i I just find it interesting that the description of the medwitch's yeah. clinic is it cracks me up like in a good way. um a small quartz fountain is atop the white marble counter blended pleasantly with the symphony playing through the ceiling speakers, so it's like a spa.
0: I know I literally was like I was very confused because that's kind of why I thought Bryce was there because I was like oh this is definitely like some bougie plastic surgeon's office
1: yeah you know
0: <laughs> so he's waiting
1: really? and he's, he's looked through all the pamphlets and everything and I love I love what he says you know in his internal he's like yeah he's looked at everything from fertility treatments to scar therapy to arthritis relief my, that's a interesting grouping of things to read about. I
0: get it. I have sat there and read all about shingles multiple times.
1: <laughs> Let's not even have that conversation. You
0: gotta do something when you're in there.
1: True. <laughs> sure. Anyway, a door opens down the hallway. Finally, and he hears a witch come out, and she's like, "Please call if you have any further symptoms." And the door clicks shut and you know he's like he's guessing that she's leaving this patient to privacy to change or whatever and so he's he's standing there kind of awkwardly because he's in all black and he's in this white kind of sterile oh, but very yeah like environment and the medwitch gets there apparently she's really pretty and he notices that and she's like you know good morning prince and there was that too her fair beautiful voice so i think it's hysterical like he finds her deeply attractive i'm like yeah like off the bat
0: like Like, yeah it's wild yeah
1: Mm. and rune's like look i know you're busy i was hoping you could spare a few minutes to chat about this case i'm working on um and he you know he's thinking about med witches in general, but she's like, I have another patient coming soon. I have lunch after that. Do you mind waiting half an hour? We have a courtyard garden. You can, you know, it's a beautiful day. You can wait there. And he's like, okay, fine. And he's thinking about the witches. And I want to read this because especially if you've read Sarah J Mass's Throne Glass series, some of this is going to click and make a lot of sense. And if you haven't, all I gotta say is we need to read it and go through it because shit's going to start clicking in people's brains and just <laughs> anyway. Um, so his description is they were a strange unique group, the witches, though they looked like humans, their considerable magic and long lives marked them as they their power mostly passed through the female line. All of them deemed Civitas. The power was inherited from some ancient source that the witches claimed was a three faced goddess, But witches did pop up in non-magical families every now and then. Their gifts were varied, from seers to warriors to potion makers. But healers were the most visible in Crescent City. Their schooling was thorough and long enough that the young witch before him was unusual. She had to be skilled to be already working in a clinic when she couldn't have been a day over 30. So, interesting. And I I point this out because, first of all, he talks about how in their world, witches can be seers. We know a seer in Akatar.
0: I know. I was literally just sitting here thinking that it's too bad the sentence was, from seers to warriors to, beats the fuck out of me, (laughs) girth-breakers, I don't know, because I was about to be like, well, that could be three sisters. Yeah. (laughs) That would explain a lot, wouldn't it? Like, wouldn't that just
2: clear up a bunch about Mesta, for example?
1: (laughs) Well, of course, Nesta does like to tell all the Illyrians at the camps that she is a witch. So yeah. there's that too. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: too bad none of them are are, are potion makers.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I was just highly entertained. And then again, like I said, if you read, if you've read *Throne of Glass*, there's a tie into that. And I, I'm not going to go too far down that rabbit hole, but it's there. Um. So he's like, okay, fine, I'll wait out in the the garden. He's waiting, and
0: I just like that he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, I'll go, I'll go wait outside. You smell good. I'm not gonna be creepy and say that out loud. Yeah, I know.
1: I mean, it's like so bizarre. <laughs> I'm trying not. I'm trying to like hold back some of the creep factor here.
0: I just like that it literally says, "Don't be fucking creep." <laughs> Don't be fucking creep. You know, that's like his mantra turned his head: "Don't be a fucking creep. Don't be a fucking creep." <laughs>
1: But he does announce that the time goes by quickly because he had calls from Declan and Flynn as well as a couple of Zox leaders. So he was taking care of business. She comes out and she brings all this food. And it's like, you, you didn't have to feed me. And she's like, look, it's no trouble. I don't like to eat alone anyway. And finally, he's he's trying to make small talk. and I haven't figured out why, but OK. And he's like, where's your accent from? She didn't speak with the fast-paced diction of someone in this city, but rather like someone who selected each word carefully. And she says, my tutors were from an old part of Pelium, by the Regan Sea. It rubbed off on me, I suppose. And Rune's like, that whole area, that's thats old. And she's like, indeed. So he, he's like, look... He stops beating around the bush and he's like, "So I've spoken to this about a few other med witches. No one's been able to give me an answer. I'm fully aware I might be grasping at straws, but before I any I say anything, I'd like to ask for your discretion." And she's like, "I will not speak a word of it." And he's like, all right, I know your time is limited. I'll be direct. Can you think of any way a magical object that was broken might be repaired when no one, not witches, not the Fae, not the Asteria themselves, has been able to fix it? A way it might be healed? And she's like, well, was the object made for magic or is it an ordinary item that was imbued with power afterward? And she, he goes, legend says it was made with magic could only be used with the starborn gifts and now she clicks and she goes oh you're talking about a fae artifact you speak of the horn and he's like maybe yeah I know he's like uh I didn't say nothing (laughs) like how'd you know that I did not
0: say that (laughs) and she was like I'd be really good at Jeopardy
2: (laughs) yeah
1: But her answer is interesting, and she's like, magic and the power of the seven holy stars could not repair it, she said. And far wiser witches than I have looked at it and found it an impossible task. Yeah. So he's all disappointed, and he's like, I just figured that the Med witches might have some idea how to heal it, considering your field of expertise.
0: Which I think is like an interesting tie-in to that whole thing with the cauldron back in yeah. acatar because it's sort of that whole thing about like how the cauldron was like kind of sentient and like same thing like had, it could be broken apart like an object but kind of had to be healed like a living thing
1: yeah absolutely and
0: wielded kind of like a living thing you know what i mean yeah like it's just interesting because it's like yeah we're going through that bullshit again <laughs> good luck with that <laughs> i hope you have an Amarin on your side <laughs> Thank you.
1: So I find it interesting because then all of a sudden she's thinking about it. She had been like, yeah, no, and then maybe, and then like an idea comes to her. She gets very still and she starts really thinking hard and then she starts spitballing and she's like, it's possible with all the medical advancements today, someone might have found a way to repair a broken object of power to treat the artifact not as something inert, but as a living thing. Right. And he's like, wait, so what? They'd use some sort of laser to repair it? And she's like, a laser, a drug, a skin graft, a transplant. Current research has opened many doors. Sure. And all of a sudden, Rune's like, fuck. And he goes, so would it ring any bells if I said the ancient fae claimed the horn could only be repaired by light? That was not light. Magic that was not magic. Does it sound like any modern tech? And she said, her response is, I will admit I am not as well versed as my sisters. My knowledge of healing is rooted in our oldest ways. And he's like, okay, well, thanks for your time. And the witch is hysterical. She's like, I am certain you will do so already, but I'd advise you to proceed with caution, Prince. And I'm just like she's even warning him and then he brings up the new queen Hypaxia, and the you know he he offers his condolences on her loss and uh, on the loss of her mother and um that you know hecuba he acknowledged that hecuba had been well loved and the the med says you know Hypaxia has been in mourning for her mother She will not receive visitors until she makes her appearance at the summit. So perhaps you can ask her yourself then. And as Rune's like, well, unfortunately this is pressing enough. I can't really wait to ask until then, but you know, thanks. And they kind of do their thing. They part ways. And he's, when he leaves, he goes to the Fae archives and he's just trying to research medical breakthroughs and he's still promising. He's pondering the tone and the promise of her farewell, because she was like I hope to see you again and he realized he had never gotten her name
0: if that doesn't feel like some matey mate shit to you
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing
2: no science
1: I can't I can't say that but I mm -hmm.
0: It reeks of one of two things. Either some like matey mate shit or some oh wait a minute I'm evil shit. <laughs> like You know what I mean? You know like you're like mm, could go either way. <laughs>
2: like, yeah. For
0: some reason you're important.
2: <laughs>
0: we know your smell. So you're important. We know. We know SJM's tells at this point. If you give them a scent they're not going away.
1: <laughs> nope. She doesn't go away. I will. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the end of the chapter. Sure. So chapter forty. So apparently Victoria, remember Victoria is the wraith who is right. part of the triari for Micah. Yep, yep. It took Victoria a couple days to find anything unusual in the cameras or the power grid, but. When she did, she doesn't call Hunt. Nope, she sends a messenger. (laughs) In the form of Isaiah, who shows up at the gallery and is like, Vic told me to get your ass to her office, the one at the lab. I'm like, okay, well then.
0: Okay, I thought that was such a weird statement. That's kind of... I'm sorry, but it sorta of gave me Chris R vibes. And if you have ever seen The Room, you'll know what I'm talking about. But how in The Room, the worst movie ever, we have a character named Chris R implying there's going to be some other Chris that we needed to differentiate him with an R. And um there is no other Chris. That's how I feel about this. Her office. Not that one, this one. Why the fuck do we care? <laughs> that is such a weird announcement not that office this office okay
2: like we don't know nothing so we don't care
1: (laughs) yeah but before hunt even acknowledges that he's observing isaiah who is um not his usual perky cheerful self
0: looking like shit. isn't it
1: And uh, so Hunt's like, so it's that bad with Sandriel there.
0: Right? (laughs) Which, like, we've all lived that. If you've ever worked, like, a corporate-type job, we have all lived that, where it's like, oh, I'm sorry, the regional boss from is here today, and he is making our lives a fucking living hell.
1: (laughs) Anyway. So, you know, to answer his question about it being so bad with Sandriel, Micah's like, I mean, Isaiah's like, Mike is keeping her in check, but I was up all night dealing with petrified people. And <laughs> Hunt is like, soldiers? And God bless Isaiah's he's like, soldiers, staff, employees, nearby residents, she's rattled them. She's keeping the timing of Hollux's arrival quiet, too, to put us all on edge. She knows what kind of fear he drags up. I'm sorry. She's a sadistic bitch, isn't she? And it's like, oh, and the summit's still a month away. Aren't we lucky? Oh, happy day. Um, so he looks at Isaiah, and he's like, well, if you need something, let me know. And Isaiah's just kind of like, huh? Blink, 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 what? But whatever. So Hunt is doing this thing, and he's now back in his head. and. Uh, Hunt, you know, had made the comment, you know, because Isaiah's like, do you think Roga really turns our exes and enemies into animals? And Hunt's like, well, I, I hope not. Because um, he's spent time down in the library now and knows what some of these things look like. And he's like, dear God, I hope not. Um, But, you know, in his head, you know, he's like, you know, he's thinking about Bryce. And he's like, since Declan had dropped the bomb about Sabine, she'd been broody. Hunt had advised her to be cautious about going after the future Prime, and she'd seem inclined to wait for Victoria to find any hint of the demon's patterns, any proof that Sabine was indeed using the power of the Ley Lines to summon it, since her own power levels weren't strong enough. Most shifter's powers weren't. Though Danica had been an exception, another reason for her mother's jealousy and motive. They'd heard nothing from Rune, only a message yesterday about doing more research on the horn. But if Vic had found something, and Hunt is like, wait, Vic can't come here with the news? And apparently, Isaiah's response to her is this. She wanted to show you in person, and I doubt Jezebel will be pleased if Vic comes here. Okay, fair.
0: Which, like, I forgot about Jessica until this moment.
1: Yeah, but something tells me we really, really, really don't, you know, anyway, so, um, he's, he's like, you know, my, Isaiah gives Hunt a look of stay away from the one downstairs and, and Hunt's like, don't, don't worry about it. And he's like, Micah will come down on you like a hammer if you jeopardize this. And Bryce Hunt's response is, Bryce already told Micah she wasn't interested. To which Isaiah is just like, you can tell he's rubbing his head. He's like, fuck. Micah won't forget that anytime soon. Oh, Lord. Anyway.
0: Yeah, we knew that was going to bite her in the ass.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So many levels. So Isaiah it's so funny, though. He goes, look, I don't mean that. I just mean, if we can't find out who's behind this, if it turns out you're wrong about Sabine, not only will your reduced sentence be off the table, but Michael will find you responsible. And Hunt is like, of course he will. And apparently Bryce had found his password, got into his phone, changed her name. So now whenever Bryce contacts Hunt, it currently reads Bryce rocks my socks,
2: <laughs>
1: which I think is absolutely hysterical.
0: Which is hilarious but also like really super like high school like but specifically like early 2000s high school. <laughs> like yeah. very odd. What an odd choice.
1: Very. So anyway, but they 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 start sending text messages back and forth. And Isaiah is, like, watching, and Isaiah's like, look, there are worse fates than death, you know. (laughs) Hunt looks towards the comidium, knowing Sandril is there, and he's like, yeah, I I know. And we get an invisible snowflake.
2: Ain't that the truth, though.
1: So we have an invisible snowflake, and Bryce is, like, standing there talking to, to Hunt, and she's like, someone's having temper tantrum because the forecast didn't call for rain, Because apparently it is pouring down rain. And she's like, I don't have an umbrella. And Hunt is like, it's not a far flight. And she's like, it'd be easier to call a cab. And he goes, no, it would take us more than an hour to get there right now at this time of day. So anyway. He's like, forget it. We're going to. We're going to, you know, fly. So they fly. And... (laughs) She's and that goes flyer. like
0: anybody flying anybody is it, is it, is it vertical is it horizontal
1: <laughs> I don't know there's, there's so many there.
0: questions
1: I know and she's finally like he grabs her and he hauls her up into the sky and she's like we have to go back before closing for syrinx and Hunt gets her out there and she's like slowed down like she's freaking out and like, he's like you know don't be a baby, look around, enjoy the view. And she's like, no. And he finally goes, come on, I'll buy you a milkshake if you do. I love this. I know. And apparently her, that is apparently her kryptonite because her response is only for ice cream. Yeah. She does look out and, and, you know, she's looking at everything and she's squinting through the water at the city below them in the rain and it's, it's pretty how it's described and Hunt is like, so it's not so bad after all. Right. And she's like, she pinches him. She's like, "Mm, mm, I don't think so. And as they're still flying, I kind of wanted to point this out because I just thought this was interesting. And I forgot that this gets noted as they're flying she says, a splotch of red gleamed to her left. She didn't need to know to look To she didn't need to look at it to know it came from Redner Industries headquarters. She hadn't seen or heard from Reed in the two years since Danica's murder. He'd never even sent his condolences afterward. Even though Danica herself had worked part-time at the company. Prick. I gotta admit, That is a real dick move.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, it's not exactly A+.
1: (laughs) So, yay for walking out on him in the restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. So they finally get to where um, they finally get to the comidium. He flashes his ID to go through the doors. And as they're doing this, I love how Hunt does this. He goes, Victoria's a Wraith. Like, heads up. (laughs)
2: okay I know know.
0: (laughs) which to me comes off a little bit like oh I probably should have mentioned this earlier but like uh, I don't know I can't even come up with a good example but like you know uh, I should have mentioned this earlier but this person has a horn sticking out of their head like try not to stare like Much. This is a unicorn, so <laughs> it does kind of make. I'm giving you more than ten seconds to digest this information. However,
2: <laughs> here <you> go. <laughs> yeah, like
1: ah, uh, what? <laughs> so apparently, when they land, it's freezing cold in the comidium, uh, because they have AC on full blast and braces wet and now she's being frozen to her toes with AC. Uh, So she's shivering and wrapping her arms around her and all Hunt offers is walk fast. (laughs) What are you
0: going to do?
1: So they get to Victoria's office and Hunt introduces her, Bryce this is Victoria and I love how it says in here Victoria, to her credit, pretended to be meeting her for the first time. Mrs. and Bryce's internal monologue, and she says so much of that night was a blur, but Bryce remembered the sanitized room, remembered Victoria playing that recording at least Bryce could now appreciate the beauty before her, so I thought that's interesting she She does have big memories of the night that Danncomb died, what happened in the interrogation room right and you know, Victoria's like, it's a pleasure, and she's kind of flirting. And Hunt is like, she does that flirty smile with everyone, don't bother being flattered. And of course Bryce is like, Oh, so she does it for you too? <laughs> and Victoria starts laughing. She's like, You weren't that good good one. Anyway, Hunt is like, fine. Um, you know, Isaiah said you found something, and of course. Victoria's interesting about how she says this. Yes, though not quite what you requested. Victoria came around the desk, handed a file to Bryce. Hunt leaned in to peer over her shoulder. His wing brushed against the back of her head, but he didn't remove it. And Bryce is like, squinting at this grainy photo, a sole clawed foot in the lower right corner. Is that... And Victoria's like spotted Moonwood just last night. I was tracking temperature fluctuations around the main avenues, like you said, and noticed a dip just for two seconds. And Hunt's like, ooh, it's a summoning. And Victoria goes, yes. The camera only got this tiny image of the foot. Mostly it stayed out of sight, but it was just off a of Main Avenue, like you suspected. We have a few more grainy captures from other locations last night, but those show it even less, a talon, rather than this entire foot. And Bryce does acknowledge that this is definitely the creature she remembers from that night. Um, and she's trying really hard not to kind of freak out. And she's like, that, that's a crystallos demon. <sighs> and anyway, Vic is continuing. She goes, look, I couldn't find the temperature fluctuations from the night of every murder. But I did find one when Maximus Tertian died. Ten minutes and two blocks away from him. No video footage, but it was the same 77-degree dip made in the span of two seconds. Okay, 77 degrees is a really weird, precise amount. (laughs) Right. I'm like, uh, okay. It's almost like, you know, um, Back to the Future with you have to hit 88 miles an hour. It's it's that whole weird. Right, right. So then Bryce is like, but did it attack anyone last night? And Vic is like, not as far as we're aware. And so Hunt is like, so did the Crystallis go anywhere specific? At which point Vic hands over another document. And apparently it's a map of Moonwood. Full of parks and riverfront walkways, palatial villas, complexes for the Veneer, and a few wealthy humans, peppered with the best schools and many of the fanciest restaurants in town. And at its heart, the den. About six red dots surrounded it. The creature had crawled around its towering walls, right in the heart of Sabine's city, or er, territory. Grace was like, oh shit. And, of course, then Bryce is like, okay, so no bigger pattern? And and God bless Vic. She's like, I ran it through the system and nothing came up beyond what you two figured out about the proximity to the ley lines beneath the roads and the temperature dips. It seems like it was looking for something or someone. And, of course, Bryce is now having this flashback to the night that Danica was died and her chasing after it. And Hunt is trying to calm her down. He gets a little handy. Not inappropriately so, but he gets a little handy. Sorry, um, this
2: is a funny
0: choice. <laughs> I think it's handsy. <laughs> All of a sudden I was like, Yeah, I mean, no, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah he put his hand on our thigh. What do you want me to say? It is handsy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just thought it was funny.
1: Um, let me go
2: for you. <laughs> yeah
1: so bizarre anyway Hunt asks Vic you know how did you lose track of it and she's like it was simply there one moment and gone the next apparently Vic starts noticing where Hunt's hand is too which I think is interesting because now Vic is like oh hmm. this isn't good
0: now that this is in, like, slow motion the Hunt is realizing that Vic's eyes are like, and on space, and on space, and Bryce's face, and on space, cocked to the side.
1: Like... <laughs> okay! Yeah, yeah, no, very strange. Oh. Uh, anyway, she's like, look, this is its last known location, at least as far as what our cameras could find. Which was the Rose Gate in Fyro, nowhere near Sabine's territory. And she goes, as I said, one moment it was there, and the next it was gone. I've had two different units and one ox pack, hunting for it all day, but no luck. Right. And it's just kind of interesting, because then Hunt is just kind of like, oh shit, shit, shit. Right. And Bryce is tapping her fingers and the chapter ends with her saying, well, at least she knew what they were doing after dinner tonight. Right? Which makes me worried.
0: <laughs> I think it makes us all a little worried.
1: Just a skosh. Um. So that's the end of chapter 40. Chapter 41 picks up at the gallery. They're done at Vix and they'd come back to the gallery and it's still raining and they have to leave.
0: And it's a comedy of errors.
1: (laughs) It is a comedy of errors because they're trying to get Syrinx out of the building to go home and Syrinx doesn't want to go out because it's raining and he doesn't want to get wet.
0: And y'all, have you ever tried to take like a cat and put it in the bathtub? That's how this is going.
1: (laughs) Pretty much. And Bryce and Syrinx are just fighting with one another. It's kind of funny, actually. Um, And Hunt finally is like, he's like, he does (laughs) (laughs) just, as he says, Cthona spare him. He did Jessica Roga a favor before Syrinx started on the wood panels and wrapped a cool breeze around the chimera scrunching with concentration, he hoisted syrinx from the carpet, floating him on a storm wind, straight to Hunt's open arms. Syrinx blinked at him, then bristled his tiny white teeth bared, and Hunt says calmly, none of that, beastie. Syrinx, harumphed, then went boneless. Yep. (laughs) And Bryce is blinking, and he looks at her and goes, any more screeching from you two? So, she ends up coming over to Hint. He puts Syrinx in her arms, and then he scoops them both up and flies them over to the apartment. And, of course, they're filthy, and If
0: that cat, not cat, magic cat, if magic cat hates the rain,
2: then we know Mm -hmm. magic
0: cat hates flying.
2: (laughs) Mm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Man. Apparently, Syrinx finally does decide to forgive them when they're back in the apartment. He gets extra food and, and yeah. treats. so
0: Kind of worth it. Yep.
1: Um, so they change clothes. And they're back out. And now they're in front of the Rose Gate in Fyro. And they're following the information that had been presented to them by Vic. And... You know, she's she's. They're looking around, and she's like, "Since you're the sicko with dozens of crime scene photos on your phone, I'll let you do the investigating." And Hunt is like, "Ha ha ha, funny." And she's finally looking. She looks, you know, she's looking closer at the photo that's on his phone because he took a picture of the printout from that Vic had shown them. And she's finally like, "That camera there." pointing to one of the ten mounted on the gate itself. That's the one that got the little blur. And Hunt is like, yep. And there's no sign of Sabine. Not that he expected it. But, you know, hey, you never know. And they're they're just kind of like, trying to figure out where this demon is. And Bryce is fun like, you think the demon headed out of the city? And Hunt is like, I pray it didn't because, oh my God, what a hot ass mess that would be for the countryside. Um, and Bryce is like, okay. And, and that, my
0: friends, is how you get a chupacabra.
1: <laughs> yes, that is how you get a chupacabra. You're right.
0: <laughs> and that, we solved that.
1: <laughs> there we go. It's all fixed. Ta da! <laughs> and then Hunt is just like, he's going back and forth. He's like, maybe we were wrong about the ley lines. And, Bryce is like, what do you mean? And he shows her the map of the city he pulled up, running a finger over Ward Avenue, then Central and Main. The Cristalus appeared near all of these streets. We thought it was because they were close to the ley lines, but we forgot what lies right beneath the streets, allowing the demon to appear and vanish without anyone noticing. The perfect place for Sabine to summon something and order it to move around the city. He pointed to the other side of the gate, to a sewer grate and brace is like you are kidding now
0: i am laughing kim because when we read like when we first started this book and we were getting these details because like i said it doesn't super read fantasy to me so when we're reading it law and ordery early on i'm like oh yeah easy easy fix i definitely know where he is it's definitely a sewer problem And then they were talking about the ley lines, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm an idiot. Like, it could not possibly be the sewers. That would not be
2: magical enough. (laughs) Then He was like, we're idiots. It's the sewer. I was like, stop!
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, dude, I could have, we could have been, like, 15 chapters ahead right now. We had man you should have just ask a dumb old human i could have helped you out though
1: i know for real
0: i was like my man i definitely thought it was the sewer and then i kept my damn mouth shut when it was not the sewer because i was like clearly i'm an idiot like-
1: well all i have to say to that is again if you've read throne of glass sarah J. mass is a thing for sewers <laughs> i'm saying no more because you haven't read it but anybody else out there who has read them i know you're gonna i know you went where i went with that so i did go there i can't help myself um anyway we'll get there i promise kelsey you will get there i'm gonna get you there i'm gonna drag you kicking and screaming i probably will willingly (laughs) i know just you know saying (laughs) So we got an invisible snowflake. And the next thing we know, Bryce is like, it reeks.
0: It's like, yeah, it's a sewer.
1: And you realize they're in the sewer. And. Or actually, really, it's truly a case of soaked from the rain and kneeling in a genus knew what on the sidewalk. Hunt hid a smile as the beam of his flashlight skimmed over the slick bricks of the tunnel below in a careful sweep. Then over the cloudy, dark river surging, thanks to the waterfalls of rain that poured in through the grates. So they're in a sewer. Lovely. And he's like, so it's a sewer. What did you expect? And I'm just thinking, all right, dude, you're in a sewer when it's pouring down rain. First of all, are we stupid?
0: Yeah, I know. We really could come back tomorrow.
1: Really? And she's like, you're the warrior investigator, whatever. Can't you go down there and find some clues? Hunt is like, you really think Sabine left an easy trail like that? And so they're going back and forth. And I have to point this out, Kelsey, that this shows up in here. Because Hunt says to her, this isn't some crime scene investigative drama, Quinlan. It's not that easy. I
0: know. I know. He said it and I was like, this is feeling awfully meta. I'm not sure how I feel about this.
1: I know, for real. But it was funny that that comes up.
0: I know. I was like, "What?"
1: So you know, Hunt does acknowledge in all of this that he has sent both Vic and Isaiah a message saying to get extra cameras on the gate because they're there. Um, so that a way, if any, if 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 one so much as shifted an inch, they'd know he didn't dare ask them to follow Sabine. Not yet. And so they're like, um okay well we i guess you know bryce is finally like fine i guess we can go down there we can find out what's going on and hunt is like um you haven't made the drop and she's like and (laughs) she's like really spare me like what's the big deal and he's like i'm not going down there unless we have a fuck ton more weapons demon aside if sabine's down there and he acknowledges that right now it'd be an even match and in some ways sabine could out outdo him so definitely not a situation he wants to be in especially not with her and Bryce is like well I can handle myself and his response is it's not about you it's about me not wanting to wind up dead so I thought I find that interesting that he's kind of smart enough to say hmm but then he's thinking and he's like all sewers lead to the estuaries. Maybe the many waters folk have seen something. And Bryce is like, well, okay. And yeah. like,
0: I was also like, oh, okay, like, yeah.
1: But then Hunt does make a valid point of, well, a river is a good place to dump a corpse.
0: Which, like, okay, I guess so. I just and didn't she's know like, there were like people there.
1: I know, and she's More like. People. <laughs> yeah, armor people. I feel kind of I, sorry for him Can you imagine what they see? Ew.
0: I, yeah, I'm ha- I'm really I'm really on a struggle bus with this planet.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm really not getting some of these logistics, but okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> I know. The demon left remains though. Um Aunt or Sabine doesn't seem to be interested in hiding them, not if she wants to do this as part of some scheme to jeopardize Micah's image. And Hunt is like, look, it's only a theory. I have a Medi Waters contact who might have some intel. Let's head to the docks. We'll be less likely to be noticed right at night anyway. And he's like, yeah, but twice. So we got an imaginary snowflake. And now they're back at Bryce's apartment. And she's rinsing off on the roof using the spigot because she's gross and she doesn't want to take this germy nasty blah into the apartment
0: right which fair
1: i don't blame her i wouldn't want to take it in either i bet and not after being in the sewer thank you no thank you i'd probably i hate to say it burn the clothes but that's me.
0: ain't that the truth
1: um anyway so she goes to take a shower and hunt's giving her shit about how hot it is and how long she's been in there scrubbing at some point and she's like you know fuck you and he he comes back a few moments later and he's knocking he's like look the soap is out in the guest bathroom where can I get more and she's like oh it's in my linen closet and he goes away and then he comes back moments later and Hunt is knocking again but this time when he says Quinlan there's something in his tone that she's like, "Oh, oh shit, what happened?" She's like, "What's wrong?" And she's getting wrapped up in a towel. She goes to the, of the door, and he's she, he's like, "She's like, you, you." He goes, "You want to tell me something?" And she's looking at him like, "About what?" He's like, "About what the fuck this is," and he. Exp- he extends out his hand, he opens up his fist, and there's a purple glittery unicorn in it. Now, I know none of us thought that this is where it was going.
0: No, Kim, I thought it was going to be like, oh, did you know that the murder weapon is in your closet? <laughs> like, that's usually how these go. But no, no, there is no planet on which I was going to be like, mm, her beanie baby
1: collection. That's what he found. Yeah. And then she's like, well, why are you snooping through my things? And he's like, well, why do you have a box of unicorns in your linen closet? Like,
0: I also for a moment thought, like, these were real walking around unicorns. I was like, I don't know. She's got pets. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> All of this was fucking weird. All, like, nothing about this was, like, how my brain works.
1: I agree. And he, she's like, this one is a unicorn pegasus. She strokes the lilac mane. Jelly Jubilee. You're
2: like, uh-huh.
1: Yeah, you can't help but laugh. And Bryce moves past him and the box of toys is now that she had up on the top is now down lower. And she's like, the soap is right here. Yet you took down a box from the highest shelf. And he's just like, "I, I saw purple glitter. And she's looking at him and she goes, you thought it was a sex toy, didn't you? He has no answer. And she's like, you think I keep my vibrator in my linen closet?
0: Again, like, nothing about this is how my brain works.
1: And he's, he's like, what I want to know is why you have a box of these things, a.k.a. the toys. And she's like, because I love them. This is my Pegasus Peaches and Dreams. And he's like, you're 25 years old. And she goes, and they're sparkly and squishy. And this is Princess Cream Puff. And she almost laughs at the juxtaposition as she holds up a sparkly toy in front of the Umbra Mortis. And he's like, that name doesn't even match her coloring. What's up with the food names? And she's like, it's because they're so cute you could eat them, which I did when I was six. And she's like, her name was Pineapple Shimmer and her legs were all squishy and glittery and I couldn't resist anymore and just took a bite. Turns out the inside of them really is jelly, but not the edible kind. My mom had to call poison control. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's actually funny. I know
2: people that would do that. And he's like, yeah, and, and you still have. Cool thing.
1: And her response to his why does she still have them is because they make me happy. She's like, if you want to get deep about it, playing with them was the first time the other kids didn't treat me like a total freak. Starlight Fancy Horses were a number one toy on every girl's winter solstice wish list when I was five. And they were not all made equal. Poor Princess Cream Puff here was as common as a Hop Toad, but Jelly Jubilee. My mom left Nadaros for... The first time in years to buy her from one of the big towns two hours away. She was the ultimate starlight fancy conquest. Not just a unicorn, not just a pegasus, but both. I flashed this baby at school and was instantly accepted. And he's like, okay, I'm not going to ever laugh at them. And she's like, good. She's like, next time you want to check out my vibrators, just ask. They're in the left nightstand. And she goes back into her room. I have to give her props because I have to say, like, you didn't go there. I did. As soon as he holds out this purple thing in his hand, I was like, oh, he found a vibrator. What he thinks is a vibrator. That just had to be where this was going.
2: My brain didn't even do that.
1: And mine did. I'm sorry. Totally went there. So, anyway, next, so she, they, they do this, and the chapter ends. Thank God. Because I don't think I could take any more of the, the, of the talking about childhood toys. It's a little weird. Creepy.
2: Okay, but
0: I will say that was, like, the first time to me in 400 pages, almost 400 pages, this was the first time that Bryce felt human to me.
1: Yes. That is true. I would agree with that.
0: Like I really appreciated that because for 400 pages I've been like, this bitch, I don't get this bitch. You know what I mean? And then with this I was like, oh, maybe
2: I do. (laughs) I understand that. Yeah. It's okay. It's good. It
1: definitely brings out a different side of her. Right? Of course I'm having flashbacks to She talks about them the way they are. And you know what I think of is My Little Pony.
0: Yes. My Little Pony. My Little Pony.
1: (laughs) Okay. My Little Pony is. Came out just as I was aging out of all that stuff. So. I I just pictured
0: because she had like a bin of them. I pictured Beanie Babies. But yeah, I feel you.
1: The way she describes them, I I think of my little pony. I don't know why, but that's what I thought of. Anyway, it's the end of the chapter. So chapter 42. The next morning, they're down at the Ice at the Istros River. And they're waiting, you know, down by the, you know, down at the the end of the, the, the quay. And You know Bryce is Looking at I have to tell you I almost called her favorite um,
0: Well fair I mean we did just do like A lot of recording The last couple weeks To like get all of Acabast in So yeah
1: <laughs> I literally almost Just called her favorite I was like ah, Wrong name
0: Whatever close enough um,
1: Yeah close enough right
0: The chosen one bitch <laughs>
1: The female lead in this book, yes. Her. No, I know Bryce's name, but for whatever reason, favor almost came out. Anyway, um, so, fa- so Bryce and Hunt are down at the quay. They're on the edge of the Istros, and apparently they're waiting for his contact from the land of many waters. Or house never of many waters. Man. <laughs> man. And as they're waiting... You know, Bryce asks him, have you ever been to the Mer City? And he's like, nope, happy to stay above the surface. And then she, he asks her, are you? And she's like, mm, never got an invite. And he acknowledges most never would. The river folk were notoriously secretive. Their city beneath the surface, the Blue Court, a place few who dwelled on land would ever see. One glass sub went in and out per day, and those on it traveled by invitation only. And even if they possessed the lung capacity or artificial means, no one was stupid enough to swim down—not with what prowled these waters. So I find it interesting that, like the 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 land of the mer, you know, the Mer City is like very much forbidden fruit, so to speak.
2: Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So a head pops out from under the water
1: and waves and Hunt is like, Oh, do you know any Murr? And she goes, Oh yeah. You know, one lived down my hall for me in my freshman year of college. And he's, he's like, okay. And they talk about the fact that the Murr can shift into fully human bodies for short periods of time. But if they went too long, the shift could stay permanent and their scales would dry up and flake away into dust with their gills shrinking to nothing. So they would become permanently human. So kind of weird. And she goes off on this, this thought of her and, and, danica in college with the girl down the hall who basically turned their dorm into a party dorm so it and just the issues along with that and then this male head pops from the water finally and he's like long time no see as he grins at hunt and we get an invisible snowflake So we have an invisible snowflake. And Hunt looks at this male in the water and he's like, glad glad you weren't too busy with your fancy new title to come say hello. And Hunt introduces them to each other and he's like, Bryce, this is Therian Kidos, an old friend. And Therian goes to give Hunt shit because he's like not as old as you. And Bryce is like, "It's nice to meet you." and he's like, "The pleasure, Bryce is all mine." And Hunt is like, "Okay, um, we're here on official business, And so he finally comes up, uh, Tharian does, and he comes and he sits next to Bryce on the quay, and he's like, right. "Take a seat, legs and tell me all about it. I love that Tharian calls her legs. I think it's I, know. I think that's so funny." Bryce is laughing at him and she's like you're trouble and he's like that's my middle name like total I can't I yeah I really like Therian yeah me
2: too
1: and so Therian is asking Bryce she's like oh he goes you know are you in the 33rd or the ox and she's like neither I'm working with Hunt as a consultant on the case and Therian's like what does your boyfriend think of you working with the famed umber mortis like can we tell what he's fishing for <laughs> Ooh,
0: which then sends Hunt in this weird fucking place again, I just wasn't expecting
2: it
1: yeah, cause Hunt is like, uh, real subtle Therian, real subtle and Bryce is kind of smiling cause she, she knew where he was headed and Of course, as he says, he had not been looking for any of her sex toys when he'd opened up the linen closet last night. But he'd spied a flash of purple sparkles, and fine, maybe the thought had crossed his mind. So he pulled down the box before he could really think. And I'm like, dude, really? You go back to that? Like, really? Oh my god.
2: Like, what? What? And anyway, they were there.
1: And Hunt is is so tuned out that he doesn't even pay attention to what's been said. And Therian's like, so, what did I say? And Bryce is laughing. And um, Bryce is like, yeah, I I don't have a boyfriend. You want the job? (laughs) And Therian's like, oh, you like to swim? And Hunt is like, all right, enough is enough. Like He gets all pissy and jealous. It's hysterical. And he's like, I know you're busy, Therian. We'll keep this quick. And Therian's like, yeah, take your time. The River Queen gave me the morning off. I am all yours. And Bryce is like, wait, you, wor- you work for the River Queen? And he- Therian's a trip. He goes, I'm a lowly peon in her court, but yes. And Hunt is like, Therian's just been promoted to her captain of intelligence. Don't let the charm and reverence fool you. Oh.
0: Important fishmen.
1: Nah, yeah, but very important fish. Anyway, Bryce is like, look, I, we have a few questions for you, if that's all right. And Therian's like, shoot. And Hunt is like, have you seen anything unusual lately? And Therian's still got his tail and it's, you know, like doing swirlies in the water. And he's like, what kind of case is this murder? And Hunt says, yes. Therian's claws clicked on the concrete serial killer and Hunt's like answer the questions asshole and anyway they they get back to it and he goes and Therian then asks you know well does this have to do with the Viper Queen pulling all of her people the other week and Hunt's like uh yeah and Therian's eyes darkened and a reminder that the male could be lethal when the mood struck him, and that there was a good reason the creatures of the river didn't fuck with the mare. Some bad shit's going down, isn't it? We're trying to stop it, Hunt said. The mayor nodded gravely, let me ask around. Covertly, Therian, the less people who know something's happening, the better. Therian slips into the water, and he's like, do I tell my queen to pull in our people too? And Hunt's like, it doesn't Fit the pattern so far, but it wouldn't hurt to give a warning. And Therien's like, okay, so what am I warning her about? And Bryce is like, an old school demon called the Cristallos. A monster straight from the pit, bred by the star eater himself. And then Therien's basically, oh fuck. And he's like, okay, I'll ask around. And as just before everything starts going. A otter, an otter, comes through in this yellow vest, and Bryce goes bonkers. And I gotta admit, I I want to see the otters too. Like I'm all for the otters. They're like the 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 ice foxes running messages around for the Winter Court in Akatar. The little cute ice foxes. Like we all want the cute animals, right? And as Bryce comments, the fearless, fuzzy messengers were hard to resist, even for Hunt. While true animals and not shifters, they possessed an uncanny level of intelligence, thanks to the old magic in their veins. They'd found their place in the city by relaying tech-free communication between those who lived in the three realms that made up Crescent City, the Mare in the River, the Reapers in the Bone Quarter, and the residents of Luniathon proper. And apparently, like, Bryce is just, like, going bonkers over these things. Like, she wants an otter. She has a thing for the otters. Like, in a cute, sweet, cuddly animal thing. Anyway, Therian's finally like, you know, it's the most magical thing I've ever seen. And and Therian's like, so what? what? It, you know. Hunt is like, so, considering your your line of work that's saying something, and Therian's like, what manner of work is that? And she goes, oh, antiquities. If you ever find anything interesting in the depths, let me know. He And Therian's hysterically, goes, I'll send an otter right to you. And Hunt's like, look, keep us posted. Therian's, okay, gotta go. So he disappears. And as Hunt says, because Bryce is like he's he's quite the charmer, and Hunt's like, oh, you should see him in his human form. He causes riots, and which just makes me giggle. You know, what kind of a what kind of a creature causes riots? Hey,
0: well, you know, apparently good-looking ones.
1: <laughs> apparently. Um. Anyway, Bryce wants to know how they met, and it had to do with some uh, myrrh murders last year and one of them had been Tharian's little sister. Uh and they had found the murderer and um as they as Bryce asks I assume that you know he didn't make it down to the blue court and Hunt just kind of looks at the water and says, "No, no he didn't." And we get another invisible snowflake. They are now over at the gallery. And they're downstairs because Lahaba is asking Bryce and she's like, or asking Hunt, is Bryce being nice to you? And Bryce is like, please. And of course, Hunt's like, so what would you do if I said she wasn't Lahaba? And of course, Lahaba's like, oh, well, I'd burn all of her lunches for a month. Anyway, they keep going back and forth, and apparently, a book tries to escape, and Lahaba goes after it, and It's kind of comical. And Hunt is lifted. He finally, like, the whole time, Bryce has been at the computer. She's been, you know, clicking away on things. And Hunt is finally like, look, we need more intel on Sabine. The fact that she swapped the footage of the horns theft from the temple is suspicious. And what she said in the observation room that night is pretty suspicious, too. But they don't necessarily mean she's the murderer. I can't approach Micah without concrete proof. Right. And it just
2: means she's rich as
1: fuck. Yeah. Well, and you know, let's face it, we know she's a bitch, so being sketch as fuck kinda goes along with that. Right, right?
0: exactly. It's like we can't prove that she's a murderer. Right now we can only like, prove she's sketch as fuck, and we knew that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And of course, Bryce is like, look, Rune hasn't gotten any leads on finding the horn, so you know, we can't lure the crystallos with that. And Hunt is asking her about the jacket that she's wearing, and he's like, you know, I saw Danica was wearing this in a photo in your guest room. Why did you keep it? And this is another nice human moment into Bryce and who she is, because she says Danica used to store her stuff in the supply closet here rather than bothering to go back to the apartment or over to the den. She'd stashed the jacket here the day Mm. Anyway, I didn't want Sabine to have it. She would have read the back of it and thrown it in the trash. And Hunt's looking at it and he goes, through love, all is possible. Bryce nods. She's like, yep, the tattoo on my back says the same thing. Well, in some fancy alphabet that she dug up online. But Danica had a thing about that phrase. It was all the Oracle told her, apparently. Which makes no sense because Danica was one of the least lovey-dovey people I've ever met. But something about it resonated with her. So after she it died... It feels like it's going to be like
0: her laptop password or something.
1: Yeah. Something. I don't know.
0: Like- I don't know where we're going with this, but we've repeated it enough times that I just feel like this is going to come back and we're going to be like, "Oh, I have to type something into the computer." Through <gasps> of all this possible. Like, I don't know. I just feel like we've been repeating ourselves too much. It's going it's something that's going to be like the open
2: sesame of the book.
1: <laughs> Maybe? I won't say for sure. Anything is possible. And it's a nice moment between Bryce and Hunt because Hunt is like, look, I get it, personal effects. He's like, you know, the sunball hut that you were making fun of. You know, he's like, look, it, it represented a new beginning for me for the first time I was not you know, it, it represented a new beginning for me here in the Niathan, you know, because it's so different from Panjera and everything over there. And, you know, so she you know, Bryce laughs. She's like, oh, so you have your hat and I have Jelly Jubilee. (laughs) Weird connection, but okay.
0: Something like that.
1: And, of course, you know, they keep teasing each other back and forth, and, you know, she is restraining herself, but it's very overtly sexual and flirty. And Hunt is finally like, we need to focus on Sabine. And Bryce is like, of course, because hooking up with Hunt really wasn't a possibility. Um, and she couldn't look at him as Hunt asks her any thoughts on how we can get more intel on her, even just a glimpse into her current state of mind. And Bryce is like, we can't bring in Sabine for formal questioning without making her aware we're on to her. And he's like, okay. And she's like, so I think we should bring the questions to Sabine. And that is the end of the chapter.
0: And I am just so blown by how randomly overtly sexual they're both being. (laughs) Like she's Uh, basically about to rip his pants off while they're talking. And I'm like, this is wild. (laughs) Like literally, I feel like y'all gave so few fucks last like just 10 chapters ago and now you want to like what
1: i know it's random as hell
0: it's super random but now i'm like super excited because i feel like the next section's like shit's gonna get wild because i feel like this was setting some interesting stuff up
1: it was it is i will say that i will i will confirm that
0: with that, Kim and I are just glad that you have an episode to listen to at all, because, well, technology be technology. Um, So with that, uh, until next time, bye!
2: (laughs) Bye!